Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Psychopath with me, Draymo. We're on this platform. I'm going to say the shit that you're thinking. Uh, I hope you all had a great week. Um, my week was pretty all right. I just finished um, the first week of my new job. It It's just been a lot of training. I work at a bank and yeah, it's nothing really, um, nothing really, um, interesting about that. I mean, I, I guess I'll let y'all niggas know as I, you know, train more and, and get more into my job. But, um, yeah, nothing, um, too great going on with me this week. Mental health's been good. I've been doing pretty all right. Uh, it's been raining a lot over here. So when I'm driving and when it's raining, I get a little nervous only because like, that's just something like I don't know it just heightened after I had my daughter so like I don't know but other than that my mental health been good um I start school next week and yeah that's about it still a mother but <laughs> I'm always gonna be a mom right but I'm not about to bore y'all with my introduction because tonight I do have a special guest um I met him on the platform on the table and I've been listening to some of his um episodes. I mean he has a lot. He has a lot. So I, I can get through all of them. And you know, I I I like I like his style, I like everything, you know, like that he got going on over there. So um without further ado, introduce yourself. Oh um, man, yeah, appreciate you having me. Uh I guess I go by J Dot Flan, uh short for Flan again. I know we had the, the conversation the other day about whether it was flan or flan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's spelled like flan, but you know it's short. For I flan. didn't. You know, it's so funny. I didn't know it was you, like because <laughs> your whole name the last time, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the same. Oh, you just got a beard, so like, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, flan. That's the only reason why I said it like that. But um, yeah. But so how you how you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Doing good, man. Uh, kid free this weekend, so I'm just chilling. Oh shit! I have a kid free weekend in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Hoping hoping next week. Um. Yeah, so um, thank you, for, like, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time to come on my platform. Um, I really appreciate it. I like what you do. I like you know everything about your um platform. You have a lot of episodes. Um, so yeah, just tell my listeners like like who you are, what do you do, and all that great shit. I'm the the host of the uh, What Is TWS podcast. Uh, all one word. Um, it's, it's changed a lot over the years. Used to have a co-host, now it's just me. But it's really just uh. I show mostly about like just my journey through life as a, a dad, uh, recovering alcoholic, uh, washed up rapper, all that stuff. Like uh, <laughs> I just try to give people my perspective on, on what's going on uh, and uh, try to keep it positive. I not give too much attention to some of the craziness and just, uh, and just, you know, just share stories that I think are funny. You know, I try to keep it humorous, but, uh, but definitely, you know, get a message or, or just playing the tape forward for people who, they may be going through some similar things, so you know they can avoid some of the mistakes I've made. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, I think that's what kind of like gravitated me towards like you, even after like you know us being on um all on the table when I was listening to some of your um some of your um, episodes. I'm like, damn, this kind of sound like me, but you know, he's more you know you're more like you know you more popping and whatever. Like, but um, <laughs> so how long have you been doing this? Man, it's been uh. Almost a shame to say because I'm not as far along as I, I'd like to be, but it's been about six years. Um, and I, I love the, the podcast thing, and mostly just because of other podcasters. Like it's cool to you know build these networks. Yeah, and, you know, we don't compete against each other. It's more like you know, how can 
Yeah. How can I help? Can you? Yeah. I use my platform to help build you, and you can mm-hmm. use my platform to, to build you. Say, like, you know, we just we share, and uh, it's, it's, it's been a real, real cool journey for the six years. I mean, you definitely gave me a lot of inspiration. I don't like to copy and like that, but I'm just like, yo, damn, like, I be wanting to incorporate, like, a lot of funny shit, like how you do with yours, like with the whole little ad lib and shit like that. Like, I want to do all that, but I just be feeling like I don't be having enough time. But that's just me making excuses. Um, But disclaimer, if, I, if I'm a little choppy, because my last few podcasts, I've been like choppy, but um, I noticed I have my work equipment hooked up to my internet still. So that's what probably what it was, because I did one last night and it was actually pretty clear. So if I'm choppy, please don't hesitate to tell me that you can't hear me or anything like that. So um, what does it stand for What the W, the W, the TWS? Please, I don't want to butcher it. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> it's 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 a crazy story. So it it stands for the White Pants Society, and I, I wasn't doing TWPS, so it's just it's W for White Pants. But, and what, um, what does that mean? Because I heard that like a couple of times, and I'm just like, I'm gonna ask him that. Because I usually get, like, so yeah, I mean, if, if, if I'm being completely honest. So the, this the show originally started like I, I'm from the East Coast, I'm from DC originally, and uh, I moved to Austin about uh, ten years ago. And when I got to Austin, you know, D.C. is a small town. You know, you can really just stay in your community. You know, I, I had never really uh, had to interact with a whole bunch of white people or, or other races, you know, for that matter. When yeah. I moved to Austin, it's very different. Like, you know, it's very, everybody's around everybody. So I had, you know, about you know, three or four different co-hosts, and we just we uh, talk about um, you know, cultural differences and, and, like, try to dispel stereotypes and stuff. So, TWS originally stood for that white shit. Mm. <laughs> so the show was gonna be, you know, me asking questions like, you know, what is what is up with that white shit? And uh, we figured that that wasn't marketable, so we, we tried to switch it up to the white fan society. And, right. uh, it just stuck. I mean, it's to me that sounds marketable. Marketable. That shit sounds dope. White shit, like you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I'm also from the East Coast, and you know, but I'm from Connecticut. Not sure if you heard of Connecticut, but it's not. I don't think it's too. <laughs> but um. I would think I've never been to DC. I've been like passing, like passing through DC. Like, you know, when you think of DC, I think of the White House. So I'm like, it's not a lot of white people out there. Like, any like mad, it's not a lot of white people out there. Like, you're not surrounded by like, like a lot of white people out in DC. Like, it's it's real like uh, segmented. Like, they, they break it down into quadrants. You got Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest. And so, like, uh, Southeast is, is usually like a pretty predominantly black area. And it's real easy to just stay there. And never have to venture out anywhere, you know. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because like one of my like I like I think I mentioned on all the table, like when we all first like, you know, met up, like, you know, when I first got introduced introduced into you, um, I said I like Shy Glizzy and he just be like, Yeah, this the the part of DC nobody talk about. Is that I don't know if you know who he is, but like what part do you think you is you think he's talking about? Cause he like like real hood type. So would that be like the Southeast? I mean, yeah, I, I would assume Southeast. I had to admit, like, you know, I, I've been away for so long. Uh-huh. That, uh huh. You know, I don't really, I don't really know what's going on up there. But you know, DC has been known as, as chocolate city, so we we a majority black, you know, city. But you know, yeah, I mean, people know you for the north for the the capital and the monuments and stuff like that. Yeah. But like, okay, because I don't want to get all educational shit, but I never understand. I'm really good. I was really good with like social studies and just like, I'm really good with just like school in general, like all my studies and everything, except for science. If it's anything scientific, I'm just not with it. I just, I'm not interested at all. What, like, what state is DC in? Because that's like, I don't, that shit always confuses me. Are you there? 
Did I, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you now. We were having some technical difficulties. You, you kind of you went out. I didn't. All I heard was the monumental. After that, oh, okay. yeah. sorry about that. That's okay. But like, yeah, we, we we're not a state. You know, uh, I guess we like the only city in the country in that. I guess you know in that sort of designation. But yeah, we we're not a state. We're our own. That's why we don't really have representation in Congress. I mean, we got somebody in there, but you know, her her vote don't necessarily count. Yeah, uh, it's it's a weird situation. See, it's a weird place to grow up. And like, you know, hear people talk about DC and like want to come to visit and you'd be like, what for? Ain't nothing over here. But uh, <laughs> I've never been I, like, like I said, I never like got out of the car in DC, but I've like rolled, like, you know, went rolled through it. But I do want to take like my daughter to DC. I feel like, you know, just a, a bit nice saying what for. And now I'm just kind of like, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I just, you know, want to see like, I just want to see a lot of the political shit. But that, it is, I mean, it's, it's a cool place. I worked at the White House for a little bit. And, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, if, if you uh, if you come, you know, like during the uh, Cherry Blossom Festival, it's a nice place to be. You know, Howard is there. Yeah, you yeah. Do the whole HBCU thing and see that that culture, but it's, it's a dope place to be. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, you still got family out there? Yeah, all my family is back east. You know, just my daughter and my my ex wife here in Texas with me. Oh, okay. So, um. So how was your home life? Like, how was your up? How was your upbringing? Like, just coming up, just in general. Say so it was a it was a strange situation because uh, my mother's a, a school teacher. She uh, she teaches uh, high school English, and um, and we actually lived like growing up. Uh, I was born in D.C., but growing up, we lived in like the suburbs in like uh, you know in Maryland, uh, Landover, Largo. I know these are places that don't mean nothing to nobody. But uh, like I grew up in the suburbs, but I always went to D.C. schools. So I went to schools of like in the inner city. OK. So, you know, I was like the suburban kid, you know, in the hood. Uh, <laughs> mother's a teacher. So, you know, I talk a little different. And I, it was a, it was a it was an interesting situation. But, you know, um, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. You know, dad wasn't necessarily around. My mom was a, a single mother. Okay. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, she did the best job she she could. She'd probably tell you she did a horrible job, but I'm always <laughs> quoting something my mother said when when, when any anytime somebody comes to me with a problem, like what my mom used to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you seem like you know she she I mean you know just just for our couple of our um just encounters, she seemed like she raised you well. You were very well spoken, very you know very reserved. You know, that's what kind of like gravitated me towards you because you know I could kind of be like that too, but you know I also have a side of me where I just be like don't give a fuck either. So it's like. <laughs> Like it's either way with me, but like you know what I mean. Uh, it gravitated me towards you, so it's pretty cool. Um, so what made you like start doing podcasting? So yeah, man. Like I used to just have these, you know, conversations with my, you know, with my homies, my friends, stuff down here, and we would be, you know, sharing like, like I could ask them crazy stuff, like why white people wear uh sweat you know, like a sweatshirt and shorts, like, you know, that shit don't match. Like, how, how could it be cold enough for a sweatshirt, but you got you got shorts and flip-flops on? And they asked me about, you know, chicken, and I had, like, Asian friends that I could ask about rice, and they would ask me quite, like, and, and we was all cool having those conversations, knowing it was, you know, it was no disrespect intended. Yeah. So I thought, like, it'd be, it'd be nice to share those conversations with other people so you could see how you could you could be different and not have to, you know, be disrespectful. And you could ask these questions and get this stuff off your chest without, you know, coming across racist or coming across offensive. And yeah. uh, 
Yeah, you know, and that's how it all kind of started. And then I, I kind of had my issues with the alcoholism, and, you know, and this became podcasting really became like my outlet to talk about, you know, what was going on and share the stories and be able to laugh about some of the stuff. Cause you know, once I can laugh about it, it don't hold the weight it used to hold over me. So this was my place to come do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally trust me. I get it. Um, you see like you got that quirky, like humor, kind of like a Dave Chappelle, but like, he's like from DC as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, okay, yeah, so he spent like, a lot of time in Ohio, but yeah, he, he went to some of the schools I, I went to. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like I, I get it because I'm like into that type of shit. So like I I get it. Like I don't get offended by shit like that. Like you know, I mean, when it comes to white people though, I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little on the fence about them, but I fuck with. Them. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just because like, just because I see the privilege and shit like that, and it's just like some people like. It's, it's, it's just a whole lot that comes with that with me. But I mean, like, you know, I do believe sometimes black people, we are our worst. Um, we, we could be our worst enemies as well. So it was like, we can just really just be stagnant in our lives just because sometimes we just think we're so better than the next. So like, it, I, I can definitely see it. So like, you know what I mean, I try not to um go too harsh on white people because we could be a problem. We could definitely be a problem as well. Like, so, you know, what I mean? it's just crazy when it comes to situations like that. So, but talk about, um, you said you were alcoholic. Like how how was that? Like I mean, like like what was that situation? What do you think that was making you drink? Yeah, so you know, like like I said, you know, growing up, like being a suburban kid, you know, in in the hood kind of situation. Like I I think I I I developed like a mechanism where you know um, I was I was a, I used to call myself a social chameleon. Like I changed who I was for whoever I was around. So okay. you know, if I was I was at home and I was in that environment around my mom, you know, I had to be, you know, a certain person or, you know, out there I had to be a certain person. And when I was at school, I had to be another person. And uh, it came to a point where like, I, I realized when I was alone, like I didn't know who to be. Like I didn't, if there wasn't something around me to react to, I didn't, I didn't know who I was. And like, uh, it got difficult for me to be by myself in a way you know, the way I found to, to be able to survive being, you know, alone or by myself sometimes was to drink. And it just got, it got crazy out of control. It's one of the reasons I moved to Texas. I started, you know, having to quit jobs before I got fired. And then eventually I started getting fired. Oh, man. In Texas, tried to start over, got married. And uh, it just fell back into the same things. My wife eventually left. You know, uh, I ended up homeless for a period. Uh, attempted suicide mm. and, uh, you know you know luckily you know wasn't successful in that and, and uh Thank wound up in uh, in rehab and got a chance to turn things around oh wow so how often do you say like did how often did you drink like how like like i mean was it like an everyday all day type situation all day every day like yeah i mean that it was my life like yeah i, I if i was either drinking recovering from drinking or planning on, you know, when I was going to get my next drink. It was days where I went to work because I knew there was a liquor store not far from work. So mm. if I could just get my ass out the bed and get to work, then at lunchtime I could creep over to the liquor store and, and grab a little something. Oh, wow. So you were drinking on the job. Yeah. You know, you have all them rules. When you start at first, I'm like, yeah, I'm not that bad. You know, I don't drink at work. Or I don't drink in the morning. Yeah. And I started drinking in the morning. And <laughs> it was like, well, I don't, mm. I don't drink this so i don't drink that and I, that started happening i ain't never been arrested then i got arrested yeah yeah you start making excuses for why you like well i don't drink this time i drink yeah i struggle with alcoholism as well um i actually went a long time without drinking but now i kind of do but i don't 
do it as how much as I used to. I mean, I never was like, you know, um, drinking on a job, but definitely like hungover at work to the point where I got fired from my job and, you know, I became homeless. I never had to sleep on the street, but sleeping in houses, the people who don't really want you there and stuff like that. And yeah. any money to like buy shoes. I mean, I remember I'm, I'm walking around my city and I've got holes on the bottom of my shoes because I was like, oh, I'm trying to go to a party. Like, you know, my, my priorities are just all wrong. So like, I understand, I can understand like that, like, you know, I can kind of like relate when it comes to like that and everything like, so, um, dang, that sucks. So well, like when you were homeless, like you were sleeping on the streets or? No, I was, I was lucky. You know, I, I, I can give, you know, Texas, especially with some of our politics that have been in the news in the last year or so, uh, it could be a rough spot. But when it came, you know, when it comes to like taking care of the, you know, homeless and stuff like that. Like it was just crazy resources out here, and I was able to you know go to rehab for free, and you know, they had places I could stay. I guess I never ended up on the street, and I got free medical care, and they, they took care of my medications, and you know uh, got me in with with doctors who could prescribe the stuff to help me with you know mental health issues and mm -hmm. anxiety and depression and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, shouts to Texas for you know. That's Texas, for real. That's what's up. I mean, Connecticut is nothing like that. I mean, we this motherfucking homeless motherfucker is freezing to death off this bitch. Like, it's it's horrible. Um, and we're allegedly, I don't know. I gotta check the um, the statistics, but we were supposed to be the richest state in the country, but yeah, not over here. Um, crazy, crazy. Um, I forgot what I was gonna ask you. Um, it literally just went out the window. What I was gonna ask you. You were talking about the oh, you said oh. Medication. So, um, what you were like on antidepressants? Like, do you care to share? Like, that's was that what they were prescribing you as for like your mental health and everything? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, um, you know, one of the things I learned, you know, uh, uh depression and alcoholism are like the two most common co-occurring mm -hmm. like uh, mental mental illness. If you if you view uh, alcoholism as a mental illness, I, I I subscribe to you know the the idea that it is a disease. Uh, but yeah, those two things, you know, a lot of times go together. So it, it was my depression that was really putting me in a, in a lot of those places. And uh, so yeah, I got diagnosed. I'm a, I'm bipolar too. Mm -hmm. So uh, my my normal is low. And then like when I have those manic episodes, that really brings me back to normal. So when when you see me and uh, and I'm talkative or I can talk to you or I'm personable or I'm social, yeah, it's usually like a manic episode. Okay. And then, like, my depressive episodes are, you know, like, damn, they're suicidal. So, um, yeah, they, I, I was on antidepressants, anti-anxiety, mood stabilizers. I was on a lot of stuff. I haven't been on medication for maybe, like, a year now. Um, it, it did get me to the point where I felt like I wasn't feeling anything. Like, I was just numb. And uh, I ain't like that. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm on antidepressants now. Um, well, I had, you know, I had a baby, my, my daughter's one, but I feel like, you know, I was depressed. I mean, I always was an alcoholic. I mean, I was, I was alcoholic before I had my daughter. Um, and then you know, I went through a real bad situation with my own child's father and I, we just were very toxic. I mean, I had my share in it. He definitely has a share in it and everything like that. So a lot of the situation I went through while I was pregnant, it kind of like came out after when after I had my daughter. So I was very depressed. You know, just with just the um chemical imbalance of just having a child. Like you know what I mean? It just yeah. really knocked me down. So I turned to alcohol and I was drinking like fists, like just by myself. And then I would like um 
just lash out on him because I literally just had nobody else like to just I had no one like it was just me so um I would just like lash out on everything to the point where it was just like really crazy but then I started having really bad panic attacks to the point where it was like I had to go to the hospital I'm thinking I'm having heart attacks and shit like that so you know long story short whatever um I also like I didn't try to commit suicide but I contemplated it like more than I ever had because I, th- I feel like it's kind of normal for individuals to just be like oh you know when they're like not in the best space in their life they say things like you're better off dead i think that's kind of like normal even though it's not good but it's a little bit normal but i was literally about to act on it like i had to hide it was a knife i had to hide the knife so i wouldn't do it that's when i knew i needed help so they put me on antidepressants and everything like that so like my question pretty much is like did you like get off the cold turkey or did they had to like um wean you off of it because i've been on them for almost a year and like how you say you feel like you sometimes you feel like you just feel numb. I don't feel numb, but I just feel like I just don't give a fuck about nothing. Yeah. 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 Like um, I mean, yeah, all. Like I just really don't care. And you know, I it's cool and all, but I just can't I just like know like that's not really me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I went through a couple of like uh I tried a couple of different medications and then um, you know, we messed around with the dosages. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I came off of it kind of slowly, you know, changing the dosages at first. And then eventually I just, you know, let like prescriptions run out. Um, but, I, you know, I stayed in touch with my, I keep, I keep that in my mind. Like, I don't, I'm not against medication. I think yeah, it's, neither am I. Yeah. I think uh, definitely like for the time that I, where I was in rehab and I needed, like, mm-hmm. I needed the help of people to help me, you know, get past my, my substance issues. They're like, I needed that medication just, just to allow me to be able to listen and hear what people had to say. Yeah, and not being my whole my own head, you know, the whole time. So I, I definitely feel like it was thought. necessary for me. Yeah, the um, thought. It just got to a point where you know it, it didn't work for you know who I was trying to be, and uh, but I, I'm always I'm always on the lookout, like monitoring my moves, like mm-hmm. you know, if shit get out of control. I will I will get back on it if I need to. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going back to that place. But which like what what medication like were you like were you like what was your main medication like what was like what was the name because I like I had a call I dabbled with a couple too and I'm like only one that is kind of like working for me now is called um well Butrin but it's kind of like yeah, so I, I think I was on the generic version of that and I, I yeah, went up with, yeah that's me I was on a pretty low dose I think I went up a little bit and I came came back down mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I was on that for the depression. And uh, I can't remember the name of the anti-anxiety, but it had me on a cocktail. It was like an antidepressant, anti-anxiety, and like a mood stabilizer. And I was, it was just, yeah, might have been too much. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm on a low dosage of, of the um, Wellbutrin. It's the generic brand. It's like 150 milligrams. And then um, they give me Klonopin because I, get, I used to get really bad panic attacks. I mean, to the point where I couldn't even like, function so now when i like feel like when i feel one coming on if i can't control it then i'll take one then i just kind of like it just brings me down like it brings me back to like okay yeah i'm fine but then it's like you know just getting to the point where i feel like i'm not abusing it but kind of in a way if that makes sense i i I get it yeah do you you find it that that, you know if, if you feel better that you know like what's going on with you like when you having these thoughts and you don't know like that you might you might be suffering with depression or you might be suffering with anxiety. Like I know, I know there were plenty of times where I would I would tell people like I drive myself crazy trying to figure out if I'm crazy. Yeah, no, I mean that too, definitely. Like, cause I, I feel like I always had anxiety, 
But I feel like after I had my daughter, things just heightened. Like, it just skyrocketed crazy. On top of the alcohol, you know, alcohol doesn't even, it doesn't really suppress anything. It makes things worse, I feel like. Especially when you're in that state. But um, what also kind of, like, sent me over the top, too, was, like, you know, I was doing a lot of, like, I mean, because I would get really drunk, and then I'll pick fights sometimes with my baby father. And he, I mean, he wasn't perfect either, you know what I mean? So let's, I mean, you know what I mean? So... And then he'll say things like, oh, you're fucking crazy. And then, you know, his mother will say, like, you're crazy. So after a while, I just started to, like, believe this shit. So then I'm just like, I'm just a crazy-ass bitch. Like, something's wrong with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Then that shit will just send me into a fucking panic. And next, you know, I'm in the fucking hospital in the ER because I can't breathe. And they're like, you're just having anxiety. Now they're just looking at me like, okay, like, you know, are you talking to anybody? Now I'm just like, now I'm just, like, crazy. Like, now I'm just like, I don't know. But what really, like, you know got me to really realize like okay you're not crazy you just need help was when i contemplated contemplated suicide because i never contemplated it before i never like you know what i'm saying like really was like you know i'm just gonna do it like i never had to like hide a knife or nothing like that i really like you know what i'm saying that's when i knew like okay i need i need to seek help because something's not right i don't think you're not crazy it's just like you're just off something's off with you you know what i mean but yeah. now yeah that's kind of like how it was but i was like it was more like me just believing what was being said because of how I was acting. Like, you know what I'm saying? I know it was wrong, but it was just like, I couldn't like articulate my mood. I couldn't articulate like how I was feeling, only anger, because that's kind of like all I saw growing up as well. Like, you know, it, this shit kind of like starts from home a little bit too, in a way. So like, that's kind of like how it was with me. So they put me on the medicine and everything like that. And even I was on Zoloft at first, but I didn't I didn't like that shit at all. That shit had me feel, if it, I felt really weird on, on that. But the, yeah. Butrin, it was fine, and you know the first couple weeks, it was like the, the side effects are you know you get you get like crazy extreme anxiety and everything like that. But yeah, like I mean, I would still have thoughts like, oh, what is wrong with me? I'm taking these pills. I'm crazy, and then, you know you got some people like, oh, you're not you're taking pills. Oh, you really you really are crazy. Like you're go take your pills because you act crazy today. Like you know it just to be shit like that. But now I just now I don't give a fuck because like I know I'm not crazy. I just know I was going through a hard time. So speaking of the side effects, like. It's, it's, it's funny because when they put me on like the, the Wellbutrin or whatever, the, uh, the doctor told me one of the side effects was that it uh, it could cause you to, to uh, not be able to have difficulty having orgasm. I was like, word? So I, I could last forever? Oh, yeah. Put, give, up the dosage. Like, give me some extra. <laughs> it, that's funny. They never they told me Zoloft will take away my sexual drive. But I wasn't on it long enough to like do that. But when I got into a butrin, I feel like I just I don't even as I'm saying, I just feel like I just don't care. I don't even want to like have sex. I don't want to do any of that stuff. That's why I feel like I'm just like not me. Or maybe it's just because um I don't really care if my baby daddy like that. It, it, it could be a, it could be a mixture of both. So I don't know. I, I just feel like it's like that's crazy. It's crazy how we're like so similar. It's so funny. Like it was a reason why. Like I it the universe did what it did. <laughs> so. Wow, yeah, that's that's why I like doing this because I I think I think there's a lot of people that you know go through the same stuff and we just don't talk about it. So everybody thinks they, you know, they they they're alone. They're a special case and there's nobody else out in the yeah. world like them. But nah, we we all going through this kind of stuff. I used to look in the mirror like I'm just I'm fucking crazy. All I knew was that I would never hurt my daughter. You know what I mean? No matter how yeah. much we even like say like, oh, I don't trust her around her, and I'm just like, yo. One thing I'm not going to do is do nothing to her because I know she came from me. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, everybody else, I might just kill y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, 
but like you know what I'm saying but like I definitely wouldn't have did nothing to her like you know what I'm saying like I knew that for a fact because you know people here like you know I was, I was um diagnosed with severe postpartum depression so they people here postpartum depression they think you're gonna har harm your child and it's like that that never was a thought it never was a thought to even harm myself it was just the harm the people that didn't understand that I was going through something that was yeah. me I would, I would kill everybody. That's like, you know what I mean? Even when it's like, oh, you know, I don't know if you're even stable to be a mother. I'm just like, well, you you, you won't be a grandma. because <laughs> You're going to be dead. Like, before anybody, you know what I mean? I was just more like, I'll kill everybody before I fucking, before anybody take my child. Like, you know what I mean? And I would just jump to extremes, like, to that point. Where, like, even, you know what I mean? It was, it, it was crazy. So that's what made me kind of, like, start the podcast as well. I started in May. Because it was just like, I needed an outlet. I'm just like, you know, I would go on Facebook and just rant. I'm just like, yo, this shit ain't even fucking healthy. Like, I need to just figure something out and try to help someone. Because it's like, like, kind of how you said, like, help them not do the things that you did. Because I literally was like, I mean, I know the neighbors are probably like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with this girl? But like, if I wasn't like hitting him, I was like breaking TV. I mean, like TV, 65 inches, shit that I bought. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> how many 65 inch TVs I fucking broke with a fucking hammer like I mean crazy like just shit like that and I, it, it was just really it was like really just like I just felt like I didn't even have I didn't have anyone to just like understand me I just was so alone in this shit and I just was like yo what the fuck is wrong with me that's kind of how I was like with that now I just kind of I just don't give a fuck like about nothing but I don't like that either so I definitely want to be where I was at last year but I don't want to be here either so yeah, it's just like steady progress, you know, just waking up trying to be better than you were the day before. Man, but that's the that's the beautiful thing about this this podcast and what you're doing is somebody listening to this that feels like nobody understands them and they're like, Well, maybe she does, you know. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I can I can relate to the shit she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Any like crazy decisions you made even while you were drinking? Like you care to share like you said like you know that you don't want anybody to like do or oh, man, I'm, you know all <laughs> my decisions were crazy like uh it's weird how you know i i, I was i was married and i'm like my identity was really like wrapped up in my marriage like, i i was proud to be like a, a husband and a father and stuff mm -hmm. when i'd be doing my drinking and stuff i remember like sneaking out of the bed at night and uh i would take my ring off before i, I grabbed the bottle because i didn't want it to clink on the bottle Mm. it's like you know it's like man i was like cheating on my wife with the alcohol like, i had to take my ring off just to get a drink but uh yeah i got my d my dui i got a dui and i never had a driver's license i, I, I gotta be one of the only people that never had a driver's license but got a got a dui oh and, wow uh, you were just driving um under the influence but you didn't you weren't you weren't licensed to drive yeah i, I went to a party at a friend's house and uh, I guess, you know, did my usual and like passed out. They, they put me on the couch. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up, it was dark. I didn't know where I was. It was like a dog in my face. Mm -hmm. I just like panicked and ran out the house. I ain't had shoes on, nothing. And uh, got in the car and called myself, you know, driving home. I think I blew out like both tires on one side. And I could see like sparks flying up from the side of the car, but I'm still driving. It was, it was crazy. That's... By the time they pulled me over to arrest me, I was like, man, we can skip the sobriety test, though. Just arrest. Like, we don't need to do any of this. Don't make me get out and yeah. try to walk on a straight line. I'm telling you I'm drunk. Like, take me to jail. For the record, though, you're definitely not the only person with DUI without a license, though. I'm just like, <laughs> it's, they, I know a couple of niggas out here. Them, 
I had a, a friend, but he was like more like he was in like dust head. You know, he, he was smoke dust and he was driving to the point where he drove underneath a truck and didn't even know he was underneath the truck, got the car, I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> Damn, like shit. So you're definitely not the only person, but like wow. I mean, dang. How how long how many years you think this like how how many years was this? Oh man, this this went on for forever. Like before I moved to Texas, like I like really I moved to Texas. My ex-wife, um, when we were dating, she got a job out. She's from like the DC, Maryland area. Mm-hmm. She got a job out here, so she moved out here. You know, uh, we tried to do the long distance thing. And then it really was that like my life had just gotten out of control. You know, back in DC, I was losing jobs. I was suicidal. I just, you know, being in my you know apartment all the time, you know, pretty much, you know, drinking myself to death. She was like, well, come down here. I'll take care of you. And so you know, I made a move down here. And it just, it, I mean, it, I white knuckled it for about like a year or two. Like not drink. I'm just not going to drink. And then, you know, eventually I slowly started slipping back and it just got even worse. So, yeah, it was probably a good 10 years plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I got four years. Well, I'll have four years next month of, uh, of sobriety. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations in advance. That's, that's so dope. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, how old is your daughter? Like you were drinking while she was. How how old is she? She she's seven. So yeah, it's it's, it's fucked up because you know when, uh, when I found out my my wife was pregnant, you know I, I was happy of course, um, but I was I was putting all that on my daughter. Like she's gonna she's gonna come and save my life. Like she's gonna be the yeah. reason mm. that I stopped. And I probably went extra hard like leading up to her being born because I'm like I got to get my last little bit of drinking yeah. in because uh, she come. You know, I'm going to be a changed man. You know, of course, it didn't go that way. Uh, you know, luckily, you know, I've been able to to you know get sober early enough that she don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. And she don't really know me from that. You know, she had to come visit me in rehab. But I don't think she'll even remember that. But yeah. that was probably the, the major low point. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey. Things are much better now. We have we have a dope relationship. Chef Elise. You know, okay. She's like my little best friend. Yeah, I mean they they definitely can be. My daughter's only one. I mean, and I I love, I love her so much. I don't I don't even like. I mean, because I was being pregnant, I felt like I had a hangover every day just being sick. So when I did go back to drinking, I'm like, damn, why am I doing that? So that's the like now I'm just kind of like I will have a drink, but I feel like I have so much more self control into it that yeah. is I don't I don't go hard. Except for one night I did my first time going back into it i definitely did go too hard but then i woke up the next day and was sick and i'm like you know what? nah this, this ain't it for me so now i'll just have like a glass of wine like probably like once a month you know what i mean if that i'd be forgetting that it's even in the damn refrigerator and everything like that so that's you know i mean i'm, I'm happy the the progress i made i'm definitely proud of you because geez that could have just that could have ended bad but thank god it didn't because you know you're doing the podcast and everything so that's yeah i mean I, I tried to end it bad but you know yeah, luckily there was there was another plan in place for me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I admire folks like you. Like, if you can, because I, I, I know I can't have one glass of wine. Like, this is not it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but shit, don't. I mean, you know, I wish. I don't even like you know. Eventually, I just want to just cut it all out. Like, just not even drink. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm just trying to find that happy medium where it comes to like. I mean, because all my life, all I did was like before my daughter, I partied and you know just. I won't say I was too promiscuous, but I will. I will, it, drinking will give me more confidence to like, to like approach a person, approach a guy. Because me, not drunk, I, I don't even like. I'm just anti. Don't even know how to like talk. Like you know what I mean? I'm I'm shocked. I'm even doing this, and 
not to have a glass of wine before this, but I mean, even like when I be able to, <laughs> like, you know, raw shit, I'd be sober like almost majority of the time. And the fact that I can even like talk now is like crazy, but like all my life, all I did was drink to be confident in, but it, it led into like a lot of promiscuous ways sometimes and everything like that. So like, I don't, I just, I want to stop overall, but I want to, I'm still trying to find that, that part where I can like still enjoy myself without a drink because it's like all I ever did was have fun drunk. Yeah. So, you know I mean? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's crazy because, like, you know, getting sober, you know, I, I had to relearn how to do everything. Like, you know, I had to, even even to these, to this day, when I think of, you know, I want to go out, where I'm going to go, everything I know to do involves, like, me drinking. Yeah, like, exactly. Know, I had to figure out how to go to the movies. And I had <laughs> to figure out how to go to dinner and not have a drink. And, yeah. You know, go to a comedy show and not have a drink, you know. Very possible though. Very, very possible. It's possible, but I mean it's a it's, yeah, it's a tough thing. You know, alcohol is everywhere in this this society. And it's so yeah. normalized to like I'm just gonna have a drink at nine o'clock in the morning. Like that shit is so fucking not normal to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's five o'clock somewhere, and it's just like, no, it's not. You're you're, you're probably depressed. And I I used to be popular at the liquor store. As soon as I walked in, they they knew it was me. Start pulling bottles down off the shelf. Like they knew what I was going to ask for. Me too. Me too. I went on. Offering me free shit. <laughs> I never got the free shit. Damn. Never. I, damn. I never got there. <laughs> but um, I would get deals and shit like that. But um, I remember I walked in with my mom many years ago when I was t- twenty one, and um, she was my 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 drink was Remy. I was like a, a cognac girl. Um, so. I'm like, yeah, um, my mother, she was buying it for me. She, so the girl's like, oh, you don't want the the um, the um, gallon? And I'm just like, <laughs> no. Like, I'm just like, no. Like, my mom's like, what the fuck? You out here drinking gallons of fucking Remy? And I'm just like, no, I just, I'm just living life. She, she cursed me out so bad. And I'm just like, I just thought she was tripping. But, like, when you sit back and think, I'm like, yo, she really was dropping gems, like, She's like, you're fucking disgraced. You're fucking. I mean, I really was like drinking gallons. Like it was me and a, a couple of friends. Like we were like really bad alcoholics. We need an AA, really, really bad. Like when I sit here and think about it. Um, but we'll drink a gallon a night, a gallon just between us four. Yeah. Crazy. Of like you know, I mean, no chaser, nothing. Like just straight Remy. Just I can't believe I used to do. It. And then go to work. I I'll go to work at seven o'clock in the morning. Be sick as shit, throwing up smell like a fucking whole bottle it, it was bad it was really bad when i said dick and then you know it's bad for men and it's like you know you know what i mean and i'm, I'm not trying to like discredit a man because it's, it's it's still bad but you know but you know when it's a when it's a woman doing it it's just kind of like ilk yeah like you ain't nothing but a drunk ass bitch and they just call us that we just laugh but that shit was like when you think about it i'm just like oh no that shit wasn't even they were telling but, I mean, it, it, it was weird because, like, yeah, I mean, I, I had that <laughs> reputation and people knew, you know, if, if I was coming to the party, like, just wait for it, watch for it. He's going to do something crazy at some point. He's going to blow up or he's going to make an ass out of him. So, mm. but it was it was way easier to be known as, like, the dude who drank too much than to go to one of my friends be like, hey, man, I'm, I'm depressed. I'm not feeling good. I'm having these thoughts. Like, I'd rather you just, nah, that's, that's the nigga. That's the lush. That's the nigga that drink too much. Yeah. I'm not gonna be not getting ready to sit here and talk about my feelings and stuff like that's not happening. And it's so, I mean, mental just talking about mental health is so like it's not even normalized. It needs to be normalized because it, it's people like us who are going through that. Like you say, you you you're bipolar. You didn't know you were bipolar before you was drinking, right? Right, right. 
So that's probably what it was. You know, you're having your your low moments and stuff like that. Not you're not knowing. You know what I mean? On top of like just whatever life was just throwing you in and you know what I mean? The only way to cope with it was drinking, you know what I mean? And if it was like a safe space, could have just went and talked to somebody and then possibly the drink and all the drinks could have kind of like been cut in half in a, in a way. You know, being yeah. like, you know what I mean? So I always kind of like urge people to just like, you know, are you in, are you in therapy? Do you do therapy? I, I do. I, I still talk to a, a psychologist. Um, I don't do the group stuff anymore. I mean, I I attend, you know, uh, recovery <laughs> meetings and stuff like that. You know, I got a private therapist, just like just like counseling, like because I I be yeah. needing, needing that shit. Like that's what I mean, like therapy. Like, I see her like once a week or once every two weeks, just to like get me through the week sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but yeah, I mean that's the, it's, that's the great part about like like knowing, like talking to somebody and finding out like you know what your issue is if you bipolar or whatever it is. It's like, you know, I'm still bipolar. Like, I, I haven't been cured. But, you know, when when I'm going through one of them episodes, I know it's an episode. Like, I know it's going to pass. Like, You're more I don't do nothing real crazy and fuck my life up in these in this week or however long this period is, you know, is going to last. I'm going to come out on the other end. Yeah. Know, and everything will be okay. But when you don't know, it can feel like that shit going to last forever. Yeah. That's, you know, that's hard to cope with. And that's how I felt with the depression. Like, I knew I was depressed, but... I just didn't know why I was still depressed after, like, you know what I mean? Like, I was depressed. Like, they say within the first six weeks, you should come out of your depression after having a baby. But I mean, like, I was in denial about it. And I would just, like I said, drink my, drink my, drink it all, try to drink it away. Like, before my baby, I had my moments where I would do, like, the little wild stuff and drinking. Like, like I never really, like, made it, like, too much of asking myself. I will, like, sometimes get into, like, little arguments here and there because, you know, when you're drunk, you just get all this little courage and, you know, it'd be wild. Sure. But I was always the the fun one. To take a shot. Come on. Like, that was me. Like, you know what I mean? I started noticing, like, after I had my daughter, that I was just the depressed drunk. I always want to fight drunk, argue, cry. And then it's like, now you're just like, oh, you're just, you know, somebody who doesn't really be, um, not even understand and who doesn't care to understand is just like, they're just like judging you and everything like that. So that shit, you know what I mean? Like, that's it was just like a lot of that shit played a part like in all, all of that like it just kind of like when i look back at it now i'm like yeah i was depressed as fuck i de- i became a depressed drunk and i was making a fool of myself like outside of my damn panties and fucking two degree weather yelling like, <laughs> like you know, shit like that i'm like i would never i would never like do that like you're saying at, before i was a mom drunk like you know what i mean like i was just you know the Let's take like let's take a shot, you know, like. But I, I do think it kind of like started in twenty twenty, the pandemic, the height of it. Like you know what I mean? Um, yeah. My drinking got bad again because I would like stop and go, stop and go, but it got like really, really, really bad to the point where I was drinking and driving, not even knowing how the fuck I got home type situation. And thank, thank God I never hit nobody. Like you know what I mean? Right. Like it was nice. I didn't even know I got how I got home. I'm parked in the middle of the fucking street, fucking. Uncle knocking on my door, room door, like, go move your car. Why are you in the middle of the street before this shit get told? I'm just like, I don't even know how I got here last night. Like, it's just, it was yeah. just really, really. I, I, I talk to people all the time about, like, you know, this 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 pandemic and what we've gone through the last, you know, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, you got to check on your people. Because, you know, I, I work a lot in the, in the recovery community. You know, a lot of the organizations that helped me out mm-hmm. when I was uh, on my way back. You know, I try to stay in touch and you know and a lot of my friends and stuff you know are from the recovery community you yeah. know we lost a lot of people 
during that time, you know, because you just had folks who who really depended on their connection to other people to kind of keep them going. And then when they mm-hmm. was stuck in the house and you know you trying to do meetings over Zoom and stuff mm-hmm. like that, don't have a personal face to face connection. You know, people was uh was really losing it. So oh, for if sure. you know anybody that's struggling, you know, for people listening, if you know anybody that's struggling with any of these issues, you know, check on them and just, you know, make sure they're good. You, I mean, uh, uh, how you doing text goes a long way. Even if they don't respond, they see it and it yeah. means something to them. That's I mean, that goes for anybody, but it definitely <laughs> people in recovery, they, uh, mm-hmm. they need the connection. And uh, a lot of us are lacking it right now because of everything that's gone, back, gone down. Now the pandemic, I was always kind of like, like, I think I mentioned, like I had mentioned, I was always like an anti-social person unless I was drunk. So for the most part, I was more like a loner. So it didn't bother me much, like the pandemic just being, because I, I mean, I was working in, like with, with women in recovery. I saw how they fucking relapsed. Like that shit, that shit, I think that shit just mentally drove me to drink because just seeing that shit, like, I mean, I, I've yeah. seen it, but to see it full on and just see them relapse and then giving Narcan and sending them out and some of them not come back because they fucking overdosed and died. Like, that shit caused a mental strain on me on top of, like, my child father and I, we, we had our, our really roughest patch around that time. Like, that's when all the cheating on shit started happening. And and then, um once they opened outside back, it was just more like, me and all my friends, we were just outside just drinking. It was just, everybody was just outside drinking, having a good time. That's kind of, like, where it went because everybody was just, like, going crazy. But as far as, like, the 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 lockdown quote unquote lockdown because I was an essential worker so I never was really locked down it didn't bother me much I was like fuck it I'm good for I don't do shit anyway like for the most part <laughs> you're definitely right as far as like uh um hey how are you text it goes a long way because after I had my daughter you know I mean even I got I lost like my two best friends I like we, I I pretty much lost them while I was like pregnant because of uh, a whole lot. I mean, I explain a lot in the podcast. If, if you ever have time, just check it out. Um, I explain all that shit, what, what happened, what led up to all that, whatever. But um, so like when I had my daughter, I was just like alone. So like, like I said, that I feel like that also added too, because I was alone, but not alone because I had my child's father, but he was just like, he was really insensitive at times. And then his mother was just, in, it was a lot with that. So I just didn't have anyone. So I, that's, you know, it just kind of like drove me on the deep end. So it definitely goes a long way. Just anyone, like I say, even if not saying if you don't talk to them often, but just you know, hey, I was thinking about you. I hope I hope everything's okay because yeah. you just never know. A person could just really be in the mirror about the end, and that text could really save their life. Like you know what, somebody does care. Yeah. But, like nobody cared. Only my child. That's the reason why I was like, I'll never hurt her because at the end of the day, I know she's gonna love me regardless. Even though, like, you know, I may fuck up in life because I'm human, but I know if nobody's not gonna love me, it's gonna be her. So, you know, like, why would I take that from myself? You know what I mean? So, that was kind of like where I was at. And I like, you know, I know y'all don't fucking care about me. So, yeah, I'll take y'all out before I take her out any day. Like, you know what I mean, <laughs> but like, yeah, but when I was the suicidal, like, when I was feeling that, like, I was like, you know, I was gonna end it all. I did think about like with her, like, maybe I should end her and end me so we could both kind of like be together type situation. That's like you know what I'm saying. It just I knew like yeah, nah, you're bugging. Like not even bugging, but like you need help. So yeah, that's that's what my daughter kind of was for me. Like she was she was the the only person I felt like didn't know me as you know this drunk person that I had I had turned into. Mm-hmm. Like I, she the last person that that probably looks at me like I'm you know I'm a good person. So I like I, I need to hold on to that. I need to I need to not let not ever let her have to see me like this. Yeah, let me try to. 
you know, let me try to get better. And you say your wife, um, your ex-wife, I'm sorry, um, she left you because of you being drunk? Like it was was that like the main issue? Yeah, that was that was the main issue. It went on for a while and we went to counseling and stuff. And I uh I started going to AA at one point. I got like four months under my belt. I went to some some uh outpatient programs and stuff like that, you know. Just try, but I wasn't I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. I was doing it, you know, so she would stay. I really wasn't concerned with getting better. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, eventually I fell back into what I was doing. But, you know, as much as it hurt, you know, to have my wife leave, I mean, it's, it, it still hurts when I think about it now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing in the sky. The best thing she ever did for me. I don't know if I ever would have yeah. fully hit rock bottom, you know, had she stayed around. I was going to so, ask regret, but, like, sometimes when you stay, it's like you're kind of, like, enabling it indirectly. Yeah. And that's probably what she was doing, just indirectly because she loved you to the point where was like, you know, I love me more. Like, he has to figure it out. So I get that. But, you know what I mean? But how's, how's co-parenting everything with that? Is that all that good? Like, y'all good? It's, it's I mean, it's a it's a struggle. You know, we got we got divorced. She's remarried, just had another kid. And, uh, you know, like, I'm real cool with everybody. Like, I get to be a different person these days. I get to be, you know, slow to anger nice guy you know i get along with her with her husband mm-hmm. it's all it's all hard it's not like don't get me wrong it's not easy you know to see my wife with somebody else and and they got a family and a house and all this stuff you know yeah and, uh, you know and i gotta kind of just you know go over there and act like everything's cool i was over there for christmas and um uh, i didn't remember that there was years where like i wasn't invited to my daughter's birthday <laughs> or for christmas you know people were afraid of what Know, how I might show up or what I might do. Yeah. So uh, as hard as it is sometimes to be there now, like it's that's progress. That's a blessing, and uh, you know I try to deal with it. Like you know, yeah, like be, being cool with her <laughs> with her husband. Like that's I, that's one of the things I'm proud of because I know I know in my heart like I'll be wanting to feel. Yeah. But, you know, that's not good for my daughter. It ain't good for me. Yeah, and, uh, and it's just ego. Like that's just ego that's driving all of that. Yeah, that, so, yeah. As a man, like you know who, like you know, but I think that's pretty cool too, though. Like you know what I mean? Like that you're able to just mask it until it becomes a like to the point where it's like fuck it. I don't. I really. I really don't care. Like you know what I mean? But, <laughs> like because sometimes you gotta. Yeah, think, I had to. Like, yeah, I had to think about what was what was best. You know, for my little girl. I I think what happened was I I was on a video call with her. Um, and he must have been in the house and he was leaving and he was telling her he was leaving, like telling her, come say goodbye to him. And she on the phone with me and I could see her like freeze up. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know if she was supposed to stop talking to daddy to go say goodbye to this dude or if she's supposed to ignore him and stay with me. And it was like, man, I don't I don't want her to have to like those. Those are not decisions she needs to be making. Like, that's not it's not her problem. Yeah. Like, let me make sure she understands I'm cool with him. It's cool for you to love him. I need you to respect him. We need to be cool for for her sake. He's he's a a good dude. He's never given me any reason to not like him. Like it's like I said, it's all ego. Anything, any reason I would have to like not like the dude would just be my ego getting in the way. And uh, I'm trying to put my daughter first, so it's a kill some of that. Hate to be this person, you know, just looking at you like you know, you never judge a book by its cover, but like I didn't, I wouldn't even have thought you were even you even went through shit like that. So that's. Wow, like you—you you don't look—you don't look like what you've been through. If 
it's kind of I mean, yeah, that's the cool <laughs> thing about coming back. Like I get, you know, for a lot of people, I get to be a brand new person. I get to be around people yeah. who don't have to know me from from that, and so they, they don't bring on. You kind of like you're breaking up a little bit if you're talking. Yeah, I guess every time my phone go dark. No, it's like I was just saying. Like, yeah, I mean, that's been the cool thing about like being in recovery is that like I get to build relationships now with people who don't know. Yeah. That guy, you know, so they don't bring any of that stuff. I mean, there's still people in my life who you know are just waiting for me to relapse or just you know, expecting something to go bad, and so. You know, to to be able to be a different person now and and meet people and get to meet them as as me and not as all of that other shit, like that's 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 been a blessing for me as well. Wow, that that's totally a blessing. I think I have a newfound like respect just for you in general, like just because that's wow, you went through a lot and like you said, you came out on top. And to the, to those who's waiting for you to relapse, like continue to wait, wait. You know, you, you're gonna die with because that's that's what it's gonna be for sure. That shit keeps me going. Yeah. Like, if I thought about relapse, I'm like, nah, I can't let you be right. Yeah, so, yeah. Not today. I definitely hate to be this person, you know what I mean? But I have to bring it up. <laughs> so you can <laughs> tell me. <laughs> you never, ever had a one night stand. I mean, ever throw all the the, the, the drinking and all I mean, because that was like, the that was the fucking confidence in me to do this shit like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess I drank so much that like I probably never made it to the opportunity. Like I I probably passed out, you know. Oh, okay. Before I got a chance, but uh, uh, you know, I mean, I've always been like a quiet, shy kind of person. So, you know, I mean, you see, when I was drinking, it it might get me to be a little bit more personable, but yeah, I really wasn't. I really wasn't going that hard, and I usually was around people that you know had my best interests at heart. So if they saw me doing something super crazy, they just yeah snatched me. I'm not a big dude, so I'm easy to just snatch up and throw in a room or something like that. Sober up, nigga. Like that yeah. kind of shit. But that was also me too. With like all my friends, like um, like I said, I was always the um, I'll drink. I was the fun drunk. But when once I know like you're a little too drunk, I'll stop. Like I will become motherly. Like nah, nope, nope. Like no, yeah. we're we're fucking leaving because you're, you're you're just too fucking drunk now. Like yeah, I used to get like that. Like when it comes to aggression, comes like now you're just really drunk. You now you're embarrassing yourself. And you're with me, which means you're embarrassing me. So yeah, we gotta go. Like you know, that that was me. Like you know, until it wasn't me, I probably was the one that you couldn't like, especially all last year that you couldn't take nowhere because I probably was gonna drink and just be mad about some shit and fucking blow some shit up. Don't get me wrong, there has been times like around, um, especially my child's father and I. I just feel like we just weren't, we're just not meant, and we were just definitely forcing it. So, um. A lot around his birthday, I would get really, really drunk because my mother died around his birthday. So I was always on a low and he was always on a high. So I would always try to ruin it and be drunk and just didn't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? That would like be a lot of the time too where I'd be really aggressive like around that time. But other than just that, I was always kind of like the happy drunk. So. It's, I mean, it's, it's good that you can look back on the stuff and you kind of recognize, you know, yeah, like where stuff was coming from, you know. Not why you were doing some of the things you were doing. Yeah, now that I know for sure. Like, and this was uh, this was years I I got with him a year after my mom died. So I always felt like I was okay. Like I'm okay. I don't grieve. I don't grieve. Like I already grieved already. But me knowing that a part of grieving grieving is like you know is anger. And I always was an angry individual. Like you know what I mean. Not knowing why I was angry. 
But like each year around his birthday, it was always an issue. And I'm just like, I know now it's because, you know, it's, and it's not right. But I was grieving the fact that you're so fucking happy and I'm so fucking sad because my mother died. And it's like, you didn't kill my mom. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like, you would look at it like that. Like, you, not, not saying like, I would, I would say like you killed her, but like you would like, your mind would just start saying like weird shit like look and having fun now go ruin that shit like because you're sad your fucking mother died and it's just like damn that's not right to him like you know what i'm saying so for like our our whole duration of the relationship like i would kind of like ruin his birthday be, being drunk and being in my feelings because of my mom and um i think that's what kind of like triggered my um almost suicidal attempt because it was around until my mom died it was, it was his birthday and it was around okay. I so it really like it it just it just triggered something else because I wasn't trying to ruin his day so it just some my mind my mind went elsewhere like I was just to a point where I just felt like I wasn't I, I don't know have you ever felt like this like when you were like in recovery or just like just like in rehab not taking the pills or nothing like that yet like you just felt like you just weren't in your body yeah I mean yeah uh, my, my my ex-wife used to say um you know, when I got angry, they call it uh hulking out. Like I would out like when you see like when you see me on the on Raw show and everything, like I'm usually really reserved. I don't get too high, too low. And that's because yeah. I'm trying to stay like right in that mid spot. Cause when I when I get angry, I get like super angry. And my, my ex-wife used to call it hulking out. Yeah. It's so outside my uh personality. But like oh yeah, I would I would get in the moments and be like so on 10. And halfway through the thing, I've, I'm not mad no more. I just feel like if I, you know, if I was to calm down right now, I'd look crazy. Yeah. So I got to keep doing yeah. this. Yeah. I got to keep yeah. it going. I get it. Oh, my God. that's y'all, It's so crazy. I mean, I'm not happy that you went through it, but, like, I feel like I'd be the only one dealing with that shit. Like, you know, damn, I'm wrong. But, you know, now I got to keep on going because I already made yeah. a fucking scene, so I might as well just fucking make more of a scene. Like... <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, you're definitely reserved on Raw. I mean, even me, me too, you know, like, because whoever, like, is on there, some people are a little bit more passionate, like, you know, their their voice projects a little more, so I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm just gonna let them have their moment. So, like, yeah. I mean, but, like, I, 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 I fuck with his show. His show was funny as hell. Um, Yeah, so, but damn, damn, like, wow. Like I said, I have a, a new, a new found respect for you. I'm really happy that um you're not where you, um, where you're not you're not that bottle you're um this is dope but i'm like really like i, I don't even like you so i never met you i don't know you but it's like you know i'm just really proud because it's just like i know a lot of people who just who who just are so in denial about it and and don't have the guidance and don't have the resources and have a whole bunch of enablers around them directly or indirectly and then just and it's just like ruining them you know what i mean so um before i like wrap up like what 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 advice would you just give to people when I guess in similar situations now, if, you know, if you could reach the ears of people, I hope, I hope that you can. Cause my whole point of the um, podcast is to inspire. I mean, yeah, like, well, first let me say like, I, I'm, I'm also, you know, I'm proud of you. It's dope to hear, you know, you'd be able to look back on the situations and, you know, and, and see, you know, whatever parts you play or, and, and the fact that you, you know, have, have taken action on, um, improving from there that's that's the first step but yeah to anybody who's first i say like you know uh i always tell people i don't think people who aren't alcoholics spend a lot of time wondering if they are so if you you on that verge but you, you're not sure if you have a problem or you think you might have a problem it's worth you know uh 
uh, just going and talking to people. Um, the cool thing about some of these programs like AA, you know, is is is, is no judgment there. Like everybody there is as fucked up or way more fucked up than you. And if you just sit, you don't got to go and talk and have nothing to say. You can just go and sit and listen. And you'll you'll eventually hear somebody like tell your story. Like they'll tell, they'll they'll go through, you know, everything that you think that you went through that was unique to you. There's somebody else out there that's that's been through it and come out on the other side. And, and uh and it's it's as beneficial for them to try to help you make it through it, you know, as it is for you. Like they need to be able to help people. So you you actually helping somebody else by allowing them to help you. So if you if you if you thinking you might, you know, if you just if you just wondering, if you spending a lot of time concerned about, you know, your your usage or whatever, I would say just go, you know, just go check out one of these places, just sit and listen. Um, and you might find out these people is way crazier than you and you don't have a problem or you might find out they sound just like you. And maybe, you know, you could look into some of the stuff that they're doing. Yeah, I totally, totally, totally agree with that um statement. I meant to ask earlier, like regarding your podcast. So you just only <clears throat> you only just do podcasts like alone. That's all you do. You do it by yourself. I, I am trying to you know venture out. Like I, it's the anti-social shy guy thing in me that like doesn't have uh, as many guests on. So I'm definitely going to have to you know have you on the show uh, if you'd be willing to come on. Oh. And, uh, like, I'm totally beyond this raw, and I'm just like, damn, like shit. I fuck with raw. I love, like that's my nigga. I fuck with him. I, mean, I wouldn't have known any of you guys without him. And I just be like, oh damn, like nobody be asking me to come on this shit. It's just me asking people. But it's just more like, like how you said. I'm just trying to get, um, out of my like you know shyness because majority of my podcast is me by myself. Like how I'm yeah. alone talking about rambling about some shit. Like you said, like I just be on here to ramble, and I'm just like, yo, that's fucking me. Like <laughs> a fucking guy, a guy me. Like it, I didn't, I didn't think like I didn't think it was possible, but it's like it's so crazy. Like, but yeah, I mean, you know, I would definitely. I mean, like I could, I could talk for hours about a lot of shit. I, I, I've been through a lot, definitely. But um, let um my listeners. It ain't that many. It ain't that many. You probably got more listeners. <laughs> okay, cause I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there. Um. Also, you be do you 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 get paid for this though? Like you be getting paid for podcasts? What's that? Like you you generate revenue from this? Man, you know a, a little bit, a little bit of ad revenue, and you know occasionally, you know somebody purchase some merch. Like I'm, I'm yeah. probably definitely spending more money making the podcast than I am getting from yeah. it. But yeah, that's why I meant to ask that earlier too. Like sometimes, like when the conversation get like deep i be forgetting about shit because i had it written down here on the computer um yeah because i i don't really care about the revenue but i do want to generate revenue and everything i definitely was looking at some of your merch i want to purchase um purchase me a t-shirt or something next week or something can't do it this way i paid i just paid a rent you know i'm still working nine to five so still a little rough right now just just this week but um tell all my listeners um where they could find you your podcast and like your social media or whatever yeah, so the podcast is called What Is TWS? It's uh, all one word. You can find it on you know, all your major streaming platforms, Google, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, I should be there. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, check out the website, whatistws.com. You can hit up the merch store from there. Uh, it's hoodie season right now. So your coupon code hoodie season, H-O-O-D-I-E-S-Z-N. We'll get you 20% off your order. Yeah, check out the merch. I use all the proceeds to take my daughter places. So, you know, you could help us finance a trip to Disneyland or some shit like that. Where? But, uh, 
But yeah, it's been a it's been a pleasure being on your show and being able to tell a little bit of, of my story. I look forward to having you on mine, and we can talk about some more stuff. But right. uh, yeah, I really thank you for having me on. Hey, thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to. I hit you like in a private message because I want I want to know how to get a website and all that shit because you pop and I'm trying to get there. So like. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, um, but thank you again. And for all my listeners, you know, as I always say, I will check y'all niggas the next one. You go have a great night.